Welcome to the Lulu Logic Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Lewis. Today's guest, my homie. When you see a guy with this much talent, you think that he just takes an easy route from high school to college, college to the pros, but that's not what happened. And you'll see and you'll hear why his route was different. But when your route's different, it means more because you got to go through more to get to where you get, especially when you can achieve that Grey Cup championship. It's the ultimate goal when you're playing sports is to win it all. Without further ado, this is the Lulu Logic Podcast. Today's guest is from Rochester, New York and went to the University of Buffalo, then to the Erie Explosion and the Chicago Slaughter of the Ultimate Indoor Football League before heading north to the BC Lions, Ottawa Red Blacks, and the Montreal Alouettes. He's a CFL All-Star and a Great Cup champion. Welcome to the show, Ernest Jackson. What up, EJ? What's up, man? What's up? What's up? Man, I'm smooth. And how you doing? Good, good. How about you? I'm good, man. You down in Texas. How hot is it right now? Uh, right now it's real humid, so it's about, I think, like, 92 still. 92. All yeah. humidity. Yes. I do, no not miss, I do not miss that Texas heat. <laughs> how is it in San Antonio? How is it in San Antonio right now? Is it um, anything open or with the COVID um, or anything? It's like a couple of places over there, like, food. you get some food. I think the mall open, but it's like you have a mask on, you could go. Uh, it's certain things on, but it's still shut down for the most part. Like things close early and everything. Yeah. And just stuff on food at a grocery store still. But everything else is pretty much the same. You 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 staying low key or you you been out? Like when they open things back up in Texas, did you go to a bar? Did you go to restaurants with fam or no 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 no? <laughs> <laughs> I stay home. So you're not gonna get me with the okie doke. Listen, they uh, I'll wait till that first wave go through, and then you let me see how they looking in there. <laughs> Is there a lot of people out in in uh, San Antonio? Like, do you hear about anybody going out? Your friends, or anything? Um, I feel like it'd be a lot of people out. Like when you out, like trying to go get food or something. Like a lot of cars out and riding around, and people in and out of restaurants. So I feel like people are still going out for the most part. That's crazy. In Texas, it is crazy. Texas hitting highs. Texas about to catch New York. That's why people still out the boat. <laughs> How do you feel about uh, New York, man? Because I know you still got family back in New York and everything. And when everything hit, was is the family good? Oh yeah, the family good. Uh, no one in my family tested positive for coronavirus or anything like that. So everyone's good. They healthy and good to go to, you know, just something about to get shit off work, got sent home, but, you know, they're getting that unemployment, so I'm pretty sure they ain't complaining. Yeah, that's good. You yeah. getting any, what you been up to? What have you been doing? Man, I, I've been home with the family being the daddy. <laughs> been enjoying it, you know, taking, soaking it all in during this quarantine, so I can't complain, it's beautiful. Yeah, daddy daycare. Yes, yeah, all day, come on with it. <laughs> How old is little man now? He three? He's two. He two? Yep. Mm. 
monster just <laughs> running everything. <laughs> hey, that little man got no has no fear. When I tell you no fear, he's gonna be a little beast when he get older. <laughs> so, so what's your plans now going forward? Since your career, you you have any plans to play anymore? Or you you said you're done? Uh, or? I never said I was done, but you know, with everything popping up, I wasn't sure how things were gonna go. So I just kind of like stopped talking to teams and things like that. So as of now, I probably because uh, I could, uh, convert uh, we convert our garage into a gym. Okay. So I was gonna do personal training while I was here once things open up again and people are out and about. Uh, so I was gonna have that as my little thing going in. I was thinking about going into coaching as well. So. I've been uh, talking to Coach Walker. He does some seminars online, so I'm going to see how things go in that direction as well. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. Man, I love coaching. I love coaching kids, though. I think I, I had such a fun time in Montreal, uh, BC last year uh, coaching Rutt and John White and those guys. They're just so talented, right? Whenever you can just – you really don't really <clears throat> coach that much. All you do is just make sure they know the playbook and – and just try to give them tips and keys to be the best they can be. But, you know, I really enjoy coaching, like, younger kids that starting a journey because you can kind of mold it. Like, what age are you trying to coach? You want to coach pros or you want to go towards high school or? I, I think I want to go more like college, high school age to start off, you know, get that mold. And like you were saying, is to see the opportunity to watch them change and develop. I like seeing that, that progress as well. Yeah. So I think I want to start around that age. San Antonio football, man, it used to be on top. Now it's kind of kind of down a little bit. You help bring that back. Yeah, I can definitely do that for sure. Because uh, I remember, was it uh, MacArthur down there, I think it was, or Eisenhower or something like that. They were, they were always in a state championship game. And now, now it's been a lot of Dallas and uh, uh, Houston teams every year. Yeah. Yeah, it's another school, uh, Judson, that be doing pretty well around yeah, here. Yeah, Converse Judson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, you got the resume, man, with the background. You go in there, get in there, teach them receivers <laughs> how to do work. Listen, how the boys do some nasty full work on them. <laughs> but don't teach them how to catch the ball the way you try to catch the ball. Hey, listen. <laughs> <laughs> My technique's a little different. <laughs> I've never seen anybody <laughs> – Catch the ball like you catch the ball. And I was like, this is amazing that you can go out there and catch the ball at all the way you catch it. <laughs> We're going to talk about that. But you you also are in the art and drawing. Yeah, yeah. Is that always been a passion of yours or or how did um, that come about? Well, I've always been drawing like since I was little, since I was a little boy. And I was always into art and did different things that evolved around art. Uh, I almost started to go to college for architecture, but it was just from talking to counselors and all that, they're saying it's going to be too much with uh, Division One football. You know, you got to put a lot of time into that. So, But since the quarantine started, you know, I developed it again, started bringing it back up, and uh, people asking me to draw pictures up for them. So I've been doing a project right now, actually for Logan. Steph on so everything. He won everything. Yeah, let's say he do. I'm gonna get your money up front. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you ain't getting the time to see the money. <laughs> That's it. You know, I, I I'd hit you up about some stuff too about a logo, because um, I've seen some of the pictures you posted in the group um, about what your drawings, man. It's it's super cool. 
I can't draw, I can't even draw a stick figure. <laughs> so you know how it's always cool, like people that can sing and, and, and do all this other stuff and people that can draw and then to see you be able to do all that stuff, man, that's super talented. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. What's the biggest thing you've worked on? Uh, as in like a drawing wise? Yeah, like a drawing. What was it in, um, in uh, can you kind of describe it like, for us? I don't know. I'm always did like, I was always in drawing like collages. So one, I did this huge poster board of uh, different Looney Tune characters. Okay. It was probably, you know, five by five. And it was pretty huge and it hit up and it was, it was in a school hanging up for years. I don't know if it's still up there, but it was a pretty, one of my pictures I did, that's probably one of my biggest projects. But other than that, I just do little doodles here and there. Okay, that just, I just got something in my mind. Okay, you did Looney Tunes, so you must like Looney Tunes. Yeah, I like drawing little characters from back in the day, you know, growing up watching <laughs> Tom and Jerry and stuff. Okay, our group. Our, our 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 WhatsApp group. Yeah. You gotta put one person to a Looney Tune character, right? So we'll start with I'll say the name and then you say which Looney Tune character they are. <laughs> All right, you oh, ready? Man. We'll start with old man John Bowman. <laughs> John Bowman. Oh man, oh man, who he be? Let me think. Uh It might be a Daffy Duck. Daffy Duck. <laughs> <laughs> he be you talking know. some stuff. You don't know what he's talking about sometimes. He's slick with his mouth. You don't know him. Yeah, I was thinking, um, I was thinking Foghorn Leghorn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> BJ Cunningham. Uh, Roadrunner. Roadrunner. Um, <laughs> Steph Logan. You know, I switched that up. I'm going to call Steph Logan Roadrunner. That's little legs. You know, he keep it moving. That man. <laughs> he could be speedy. Yeah, he could be speedy to a mighty might. <laughs> hey, he look like mighty 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 might. <laughs> Tyrell Sutton. Oh. He low-key Tasmanian devil. Low-key Tasmanian. Um... RP. RP. Oh, we gotta think of a character that's just a jerk. What's Looney Tune character? He's just a jerk. I don't know. We gotta put him in that category. <laughs> <laughs> Wally Coyote. <laughs> Brandon Rutley. Oh, Rut. You know, he's smooth cat daddy. You know, he's going he gonna to dress up, you know, have a smooth fit. You know? So I'm going to go with, uh, you know, uh, Buzz Bunny, little smooth cat. You got to watch him. I'm to go with Buzz. <laughs> <laughs> Where you put me at? Put you? Ooh. Nay. Who would I put you at? I'm trying to think of all the characters. I'm going to go back. You go. You got. You got. You gonna spit some knowledge on somebody real quick. <laughs> <laughs> he come out the blue with some knowledge. Like, what you know about? What you know about? What? 
Uh, boy, what my mind go blank right now? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna call you. We'll come back uh, to that. Marvin the Martian. Marvin the Martian. Yeah, you're gonna be Marvin the Martian. That's hey, cool. I'm definitely docking up too. <laughs> Maybe you can do that picture. You can do like a side by side each of us with our character. Our limited. Oh character. yeah, that that'd be dope. That'd be super dope. Do that. I put it up in the house. As long as you don't sell it to me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you gotta get the hustle on, man. Got to. Are you doing anything else down there in San Antonio? Because I know it's hot out there in Texas and everybody's been cooped up for four months. Have you been able to travel around to you get back to New York or you've been able to do anything? In we the actually, uh, I can't travel to New York. Like they said, uh, it's a few states that can't travel to New York. You know, Texas is one of them. <laughs> really? Yeah. So I, I got to wait that that band down. I don't know. That's crazy. I don't know if it's still up, if that's still something that's going on. But yeah. That's super uh, crazy. We're, we're at high risk. Texas high risk or New York high risk? Texas. Man, New York That's went New through York. it early. And yeah. then it's almost like nobody, it's almost like Texas, Arizona, and California, or Florida. They're just like, you know what? <clears throat> it's almost like it didn't happen. Right. My dad in New York and my mom in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm in Texas, all three of them. <laughs> we all locked down. All locked down. What do you think about this whole situation? Um, I don't know. Honestly, like this article's coming out now saying they contaminated some of the tests. Uh, doctors are saying all this other stuff. So I don't know if this is a <laughs> this is some government thing going on. They trying to control something. I have no idea now. Like they talking about the numbers not adding up. So. At first, it sounded like something very serious, and then now I, I'm not sure. Yeah, because I know at first it was like, I know a a baby died, and they the mother had COVID, but the baby was born at 21 weeks. And it's like, well, I don't think too many 21-week-old babies actually make it. Yeah. So they can't consider that a COVID death. Right, if somebody drowned and they had COVID, it was a COVID death. So I know the yeah. numbers are kind of skewed um, to that degree. Man, this is, I know some people that got really sick off of it, but my sister has it in Texas. Mm -hmm. I know that she has no symptoms and she's been tested twice and tested positive twice. No, absolutely no symptoms. And, you know, the rest of my family got tested over there and they, they were negative. So it's just crazy. I don't, like you said, I, nobody knows, but I'm not going to come out and disrespect it because one, oh, there's not. too many people dying legitimately from COVID. And I know people that have been in ICU from COVID. Right. Yes. So, I mean, I, I don't, I'm, I won't come out and disrespect it, but it is a little fishy. Yeah, a little, a little fishy. fishy. You know, at the same time, <laughs> There's the flu that's just killing more people than COVID right now. So it's like, what's really going on? I don't know. Yeah. It's such a such a crazy world that we live in to think that <laughs> we at this point in time in our lives that I, I sit back and I think about I was thinking about the other day, you know, nineteen seventeen, you know, you think about pandemics and you think about these like, think about being in a pandemic in 1917. 
there's no TVs. Probably, I'm pretty sure there's probably radio at that time. Not 100% sure. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> but, like, how do you even know people are dying? Or how do you even know it's a pandemic? Yeah, that is true. Right? You might just be, people might just be dropping dead and you'd be like, uh, oh. so-and-so dropping dead over there. <laughs> <laughs> Something ain't right. Hold up. <laughs> but, like, how do you even know then? And, you know, you think about the, the newspaper and the post, like, to get the news out, it can't be, a, like, a statewide. I mean, it can't be, like, really statewide or, or national papers that can get out, like, that fast back then. So to see the difference between 100 years ago to today, how much news you get, and it's hard for me to be on, like, Facebook because everybody's got an opinion. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Do you go on social media at all much anymore? Or? Uh, I don't go on Facebook much, but I, I, use Instagram. I, I scroll on Instagram, check things out and read stuff here and there, see people's opinions, read some comments, see what they're talking about. You get all kinds of things. <laughs> Come yeah. up find all kinds of stuff. Do you see the woman that was talking about uh, demon sperm and alien DNA? Uh-uh. So, <laughs> Wait a minute. So she was um so she was the one of the women, she's a black woman from Nigeria, and she's a doctor, I guess. And she was one of the women that spoke uh, I guess forty eight hours ago, two days ago or something like that. I don't know, two or three days ago. And a bunch of doctors were up there speaking. And she spoke about hydrochloroquine being uh oh that that video yeah yeah i believe i didn't see the whole thing but i've seen partially yeah so apparently she has spoke before in the past that uh women can get pregnant and stuff by having dreams about sleeping with demons and and things like that so it's um it's crazy and she says that you know it's all about they're using alien DNA and stuff like that in people. Like, can you really support somebody saying hydrochloroquine is good for you? But then you look at all these other videos and she's staying, talking about <laughs> people getting <laughs> pregnant. <laughs> hey, demon sperm. You, <laughs> you never know. She might know something we know. <laughs> She been through some things. <laughs> Demon sperm. She say the woman was sitting there and her stomach started growing and she had a baby because she had a she had a dream about a demon and had sex with a demon in her dream. Wait a minute. <laughs> and they put this woman on TV. <laughs> Like and Trump retweeted it. <laughs> he like he, he like what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's the funny thing about Trump, though. To me, is like Trump does no research on anyone. If you say if I was to come out, if I wanted to get paid, I could just come out and say some great things about Trump, and he's gonna retweet it. He's going to come out. He's going to say some good things. He's like, you know what? This is a fine dude. It's a great dude. If, if Trump just don't care. 
Hey, he gonna support it, huh? <laughs> He's gonna support it, and it's like he eats retweeted the guy that said white power. He's like, I didn't know he said white power in the video. <laughs> <laughs> right, so Trump, I don't even know. He just sees the headlines. It says something positive about Trump or what he supports. And I think he actually just retweets it. Hey, this is good. Like, oh, my name on it must be good. <laughs> <laughs> you, you down in Trump country, man, down in Texas, you know, a lot of my friends are support Trump or support Republicans and Trump. Um, you have a lot of friends down there that support Trump or? Oh, I really don't have too many friends down here. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm originally from New York because most of my friends are upstate. You don't, so, you, don't, you don't go out and meet no Texans? No, nah, not really. I chill at home in my own paradise. <laughs> <laughs> You've always been a homebody. I remember I started to get you to go out in Montreal. You was like, man, I'm chilling. <laughs> hey, you know, I was walk away. All I had to do was walk home. Yeah. Well, let's talk about New York. Growing up in New York, how was that? It was cool. I can't complain. It was good. You know, we get all four seasons. So growing up as a kid in New York was a fun. I can't complain at all. Yeah. I had a lot of friends. So, you know, school was cool. Uh, I started playing football at around nine, I want to say. Oh, you could play football in New York around nine? Yeah. I thought I you were doing basketball. basketball in New York. That's what both people were no football players from New York. <laughs> <laughs> did you play basketball growing up? Uh, I did play basketball growing up, but uh, I didn't play. I played all the way up to about, I want to say, my junior year of high school, and then I, I quit the team and ended up doing indoor track. Okay. So they had me. I was playing like power four and center. I'm like, hey, man, this ain't really too good. I'm 6'2". I'm not, I'm not going to be no center in NBA. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm about to do some that's more benefits to get my speed up. So I'm gonna go run, run some track. Yeah. So when you started playing football in the ninth grade. Was it tackle football or was it uh, just uh, flag? Uh, tackle football. What what position you play? Uh, I play running back. Were you good? Like, yeah. I was first good. time you touched the field, were you like were you like one of the best ones out there? Oh, yeah, I was definitely pretty good because, you know, even before playing football, I always grew up playing football my cousin backyard football, and it was always older than me. Okay. So I always had that little tough mentality. I was playing with, like, older cousins that was bigger than me, and then once I got the pad football, it was on. Yeah, and then you just stuck with it. Did you did you like football from the first time you played it, or? Oh, yeah, I fell in love with it for the first time I played it, like, it was like a getaway from anything. Like when you're playing football, you ain't really thinking about much. You know, your mind is gone. And that was like my little getaway. So I loved it. Yeah. I was never – no, you know what? When I first started playing, I loved football. I loved the compete aspect of it. But then it just got too hot in Texas. Yeah, like, in like August, man. <laughs> two days in August. Like, it I don't was, know how you did it. Yeah, we'd practice at 7 o'clock in the morning, 7 to like 9.30 or 7 to 10. And then we'd have a practice like 4 to like 7. So they're trying to skip the heat of the day. But it's hard That's to like go practice in the morning and then have like from 10 o'clock to 4 o'clock off and then come back at 4. 
and have another three-hour practice. Oh, bet. That's ridiculous. How was it for you in New York? Did y'all have two days and things like that? Was it a grind oh. or? Yeah, okay. we had two days in high school. Uh, <clears throat> but other than that, it wasn't too bad. Like, they wouldn't murder us. They understood, like, <laughs> they got to take care of our bodies. And we were just some high school students as well. So, <laughs> it wasn't like no death. What, what size high school did you go to? Uh, it was a decent size. I'm trying to think how many kids graduated. I don't even feel like it's so long ago. Golly. <laughs> Come on, E, man. I graduated. This is my 20 year reunion. 20 years. Oh, I can't honestly remember how many kids in that school, but it was a decent size. And I Mid-sized high school. I don't know the mid-sized high school might be to you or someone else, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to mid-sized high school, right? <laughs> well, you know, Texas got some schools that, you know, Allen oh, got 7,000 students. I'm pretty sure Converse Judson yeah, got 6,000. Yeah, I got some community colleges down here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll be driving around like, I know that ain't the stadium, man. That's the stadium. <laughs> Listen, it looks crazy. So what kind of stadiums? What kind of stadiums did y'all play in, in in New York? Some bleachers. We ain't had no stadiums. We ain't gonna see no bleachers over there. Listen, <laughs> hey, I get the bleachers, and there ain't no bleachers. You gotta walk around the gate. All right, listen. <laughs> I don't know about no stadium. Listen, <laughs> he said some bleachers. All you played with bleachers. Yeah, that's it. Bleachers with some grass and some chalk on the field. <laughs> Y'all boys go to work. How many um how many fans y'all get to come out? Was it just families or did people actually come out from the school and everything? Oh, yeah, people actually came out another school to come out like he was about to play the next week and they had a bye week or something like that. So it was a pretty sold out games for our little our games and all that. You know, I wanna say probably at least ah who knows. It wasn't that many people, but for our school <laughs> Five hundred, maybe I don't know. Like, can you explain kind of New York for me? Because I know it's like the boroughs in New York. Where's Rochester at? And like, can you explain kind of the the community? Oh, like the yeah. So Rochester is up north from New York, so we five hours actually from New York City. Oh, five five hours from New York City. Yeah, driving wise, yeah. So you're up by? Is that by Buffalo? Yep, an hour away from Buffalo. Okay. Okay. So, so, right so yeah, you're all the way up north. So how far were you from Canada growing up? Uh, well, you could get to the border in about an hour and 20 minutes. Did you ever go? Yeah. We used to go to Niagara Falls all the time when I was younger with family. We went to, I believe they got an African lion safari up there. We've been there as a child a few times going camping and stuff. Yeah, we've been across the border before. You know, they had everything going on with the passports. We just go with the license and cross right over. <laughs> yeah. So you, so you knew about the CFL before. Yeah, I knew about the CFL before. I wasn't very, very familiar with it, but I, I knew about it. Like I didn't know a lot of the players growing up as a youngin. Yeah. More towards college, I knew more of the players. I knew about it because I already heard about the CFL. <laughs> yeah. That's what's up, man. When you were going through high school, like how did the recruiting process go? Did y'all have a lot of recruits up there? 
or was it just kind of like locally or how how is that process for you? Uh, for me, more <clears throat> it was more of my high school coach. He kind of helped me out with gave me a boost in here. We was more like made highlight tapes and pushed it out to different schools. And once they seen the highlight tape, that's when like different schools came out and take take me out and talk to me or send me letters. So that's how it was more of me and my coach. He uh got made a nice little highlight tape and pushed it out to different colleges. Mm. So your high school coach helped you out with a lot of recruiting. When you were in high school, did you play receiver or were you still playing running back or I was playing running back. You still play <laughs> running back. So you were recruited I, as a running back. Yeah, I was recruited as a running back for the most part. And then what kind of happened was um, my junior year, I was on varsity, and there was a running back. He was a, uh, <clears throat> he was a starting running back. And the coach still, he wanted me to be on the field as well. He was, so he was like, I'm going to put you at receiver, and I want you to play running back and receiver. So he, I used to flop back and forth. So uh, that, that year, um, my junior year, it looked like I was more of a receiver. But when I became my senior year, I was the, start, the main starting running back. So my whole highlight tape senior year was a running back tape. But my junior year tape looked more, more like I was a receiver. So when most of my tapes went out, they thought I was a receiver. Then they found out, oh, he's mostly a running back. <laughs> my senior year, when they pushed more tapes out to different schools. Yeah. Were you 6'2 then? Oh, yeah. How about 6'2 then? How much you how much you weighed when you were probably your senior year? Uh, I was only a buck eighty. Buck eighty, six two, about one eighty. Yeah, that's a good size running back, man. Yeah, <laughs> out there making <laughs> it work everywhere. <laughs> so how how did you end up in Buffalo at University of Buffalo? Did were you just like you want to stay close to home? Were you getting recruited and? Oh, so what happened was I was getting recruited at a bunch of different schools, and, like, they was kind of confused, like, if they're taking me in as a running back or receiver. So uh, I originally was trying to – I was initially heading to Syracuse as a running back. Mm. But uh, that year the coach got fired and the whole staff, so everything got cleared out. I don't know what happened that year. One of the, the head coaches was fired, and, you know, all the coaches and all that recruiting class was done with. So then – um Buffalo came into the picture, and they recruited me because they seen some of my junior year tape for that part, and they liked me as they they kind of offered me as they did playing free free safety or receiver, so they was like asking me if I wanted to play safety or receiver, and I realized that Buffalo uh, didn't really have nobody in that program was turning around. And I thought it'd be a great opportunity to, to come in and help the school turn around. And have a great opportunity to be a starter, so I ended up choosing Buffalo as a re- as a receiver. Was the who was the head coach there then? Uh, when I first went in, I'm trying. Oh my God, what's his name? Turner Gill was my coach for the most part, but uh, yeah, Turner Gill. Well, Danny Barrett there yeah. too. <laughs> yep, Danny Barrett was there. You know, Danny Barrett. When I first got in the league, he was the head coach for uh, Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. And he had been a quarterback and stuff. Can you talk about Danny and and, and this Turner and just that them as uh, coaches and you know just I I thought Danny did a great job. Yeah, Danny definitely did a great job with uh, the offense. He stayed on top of us. Make sure we was always on top of our game. He definitely stayed on top of me. That's for sure. Uh, 
Coach Turner, he was more of a laid-back coach, you know, stay back, watch the scene. He's not going to say too much. He's just going to put a word in here and there. But uh, Danny's more of the guy. He's going to be on top of you, make sure you on your marks, you know, make sure you're hitting everything you need to, watch the coverages. So he was more of that coach that's going to be on top of you, make sure you're on a straight line. Did he ever talk to you guys about the CFL? Uh, sometimes he'll talk about it, but not too much. He wouldn't bring it up. He kept it more about our offense and how we was going to produce for the next week. Yeah. How was it when you, when you first went in, did you, you play your freshman year? You red shirt? Uh, I was trying to red shirt <laughs> my, my first year. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it was weird. Like, so I was, I was red in my first year, but they were they would usually take me on the games with them. I would travel. Yeah. Just to get used to the games, see the games. Like they wanted me to be there and uh, you know, have the experience. And then um one game like four receivers went down <laughs> and they were like, uh, we're gonna have to pull you, man. We're gonna have to get in. I was like, Oh That's crazy. So I I kinda got my red shirt burnt like halfway through a season. There was man. nobody else they could do it. Or oh, everybody was down that game, so you had to play that game. Yeah, it was like everyone was down. They was getting smacked. <laughs> so, so you had um, a couple other CFLers with you at Buffalo. When did uh, Drew Willie and um, Naaman Roosevelt get there? Uh, Drew got there the same time I did. So, so me and Drew played in the, against each other in the Governor's Bowl, actually, in the All-Star High School Governor's Bowl. Okay. And, uh, you know, was it New York versus New Jersey? Okay. Drew's from New Jersey? <laughs> yeah, Drew's from New Jersey. I didn't know that. So, uh, so we came in the same time. And then Naaman came in once to that following year after. He's a year below me. Yeah. Okay. So y'all, y'all got a lot of playing time together. Oh, yeah, yeah. When did Drew Willie become the starter in Buffalo? Um, I want to say his like halfway through the year, that first year, I believe. No, it was it be that? What it, was it that first year or the second year? I'm trying to forget because we had stamps on there. I can't remember if he got hurt and, and then Drew came in. I feel like Drew came in, but I'm not 100%. I can't really remember. Yeah. How was it? playing with those guys in, in college? Like, y'all all young on campus? Oh, it was actually great. And then, like, eventually when, you know, that first year was all in the dorms, and then afterwards, um, when everyone got apartments, we actually, it was like a bunch of us that lived on one whole street. I want to say probably, like, four or five houses on the street. We all lived in, like, different houses, and we was in walking distance from the stadium. So it was always great. Yeah. I've I've never been to Buffalo. But oh, no, nah, it's cold if you go in the winter. That's what I heard. Like, nah, listen. <laughs> I heard it's cold and there's not a lot to do. Oh, uh, yeah, it ain't too much to do. You got your downtown area back then when they had Chippewa and they had Main Street. I don't know what it looked like now, but uh, other than that, you know, it wasn't too much. Buffalo could be rough in some areas. Did you go across the border when you were in college? Yeah, we'll go across the border here and there. We used to go across the border when we was uh, back when we was younger because, you know, the drinking age was... Uh, yeah, was it 19, so we, 18, 19? Yeah, so we used to go across and have fun over there. 
all the time. I bet that was a little bit better to go across. <laughs> what? Fun, stay in that. Did y'all go to just Niagara or did you go into Toronto? No, nah, we, we just go to Niagara. We go to Toronto like here and there. But since Niagara was a quick drive, we always go to Niagara for the most part. How was it? Like, I just think like being so close to the border. All right, I was close to the, the, the Mexico border as far as um, a couple hour flight from Cancun. And the first time I went to Cancun was 17. So I could imagine <laughs> like going to Canada. <laughs> I could imagine going to Canada, you know, 18, 19 years old and, and knowing what I know about Canada now. Like that had to be like a great perk for Buffalo. Oh, yeah, but I feel like, I don't know, I feel like many people didn't go across the border. Really? Like, you, like I didn't hear much about people going across as much around me, like, oh, let's go across the border. Maybe because people didn't know when I was in Buffalo-wise. So I don't know. Would you, would you go back and tell people to cross the border on a, on a weekly basis now after being in Canada for um, eight years, seven years? Oh, yeah, for sure. How about you need to go there and visit? <laughs> <laughs> Just such a fun place. Such a fun place. a place. I like Niagara. I, I've actually been to Niagara a couple times. We went down there. Uh, we were in Calgary, played Hamilton, Toronto, uh, I think five or six days apart. We just stayed. Mm-hmm. We stayed in Hamilton, and we, we ended up driving. They rented two buses, took everybody to Niagara. You been to that haunted house there? Oh, yeah. It's a nice little one up there. <laughs> yeah. You the walls kind of fold up for you. you yeah. <laughs> yeah, and over a million people have said the key word to get out. Yeah, that Oh, yeah, people get nervous in there. <laughs> yeah, it's dark. You got to follow that little red dot. It's pitch black in there. I don't and then, know where you're going. <laughs> yeah, you, me, Coke, Rambo, and Joffrey went through there one time. Yeah, and uh, we came out pretty quick. Cause you know at the end, <laughs> you know at the end, it got that the uh, eighteen wheeler headlights, huh? It, oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> you see everybody you know, running about that thing. Like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you playing at Buffalo, man. You're having some great success. What? When did you start thinking you could play pro football? Like, what part of the journey uh, was it? Like, you know what? Maybe I could play pro football. I'll probably say my junior year. What happened to to start thinking that way? Um, it was just more like me and my mindset and my physique, and I felt like I I had the the, uh, the ability to do it. And then watching other guys and what they were doing, I was seeing I, I was capable of do, capable of doing the same thing. So I was like, I could definitely make it myself. Why not me? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Do you have any other players going? to the NFL or CFL from Buffalo um, around that time that you were seeing uh, go pro? Yeah. Uh, we had Ramon. Uh, he, he played it with Montreal. Uh, we had a couple of linemen guys that went off. Uh, we had a DB that went to the Colts at that time. So it was, it was some older guys going off to different teams. Yeah. And that, that helps, right? Mm-hmm. You, see him, grind, you see him grind every day. Were you a hard worker? I think my note, uh, hold on. My 
one second. Oh god, I don't know why it's still getting people to text me though. But anyways. <laughs> were you a hard worker when you were at Buffalo or were you just, you know, like a middle of the pack guy? Oh no, I was definitely a hard worker. It was crazy. Like I trained as the bananas down there. Like you had to work hard. It was you there was no slacking anyway. Like they wouldn't let you slack or be a slacker down there. Like our trainers, uh Grony and uh Petrie. Well Petrie's uh my first trainer when we first got down there. He had us doing like some military stuff and he had guys quitting. <laughs> now, what? Listen, he was nuts. Listen, he had guys quitting. We had freshman Fridays. Yeah. Freshman Fridays, we had to be at the stadium five o'clock in the morning to get ready to do a workout. You know, that first in the morning, we'll do 100 Starbursts, 100 Jumper Jacks, uh, 50 Up Down. What's the Starburst? You know, to get to drop to the ground, jump up. Oh, yeah. Listen, uh, uh, we did, like, all this warm-up stuff. I'll tell you one time. So we did all this warm-up stuff for the track, and then he'll make you do uh, wheelbarrows up the stadium steps. Yep. So your wheelbarrow all the way up the stadium steps, run down, get your partner on your back, go up the steps with your partner on your back, then uh, <laughs> then come back down. We had uh, – Two laps around the track with the um, what's the little barbell joint called? Uh, name of that? The um, I know what you're talking about. I can't think of it either. Yeah, so we had to do two laps <laughs> with that around the track. <laughs> then we had tractor tires at the end where we had to get partners or groups of four and walk around the field <laughs> on this tractor tire. I'm like, this man is nuts, G. <laughs> Hey, dude's like, man, this ain't for me. I got to go. Like, hey, dude's crying. I'm like, this is different. I'm like, this this for, this for football? Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, man. we had. A, then at the end, we always had, like, max out squats. I'm like, why we got max out? <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, I'll tell you, listen, guys was quitting left and right. What What kept you in there? What kept you motivated to keep going? I guess I was no bitch. I don't know. I was tough, man. I had tough skin. Like, I've always been tough. So, like, for me, it was really nothing. It yeah. just made me laugh to see, seeing guys, you know, really punk out like that. You're supposed to be out here playing football. That's what you're here for. Like, this is going to get tough. <laughs> Dude, I was, I was talking to a kid the other day, and, uh, yesterday, actually. And uh, we were, he, was, he was asking me, can I help him uh, do some stuff to, to get ready to go to college and, and try to get some looks? and so yeah, and I said, man, there's only, you know, during the season you only get one good day a a, a week, and that's game day. Game day, yeah. Let's you know, the spring is horrible. Like these kids <laughs> that leave. Like I had a kid, I had two that graduated early in December of last year. Um, you know, and then go to spring. One's at Alabama. He's a running back. Went to spring in Alabama. It's like. That's that's tough, <laughs> right? Like like you think spring ball is just showing up and practicing, no. you know what I'm saying? You got them county fairs, you got them five o'clock mornings, what? you got all them those county fairs. Don't even remind me. <laughs> oh my goodness! You be over there hoping the person about to go slow in front of you, like oh my god. <laughs> Ooh, listen, hey, you be waiting for that whistle to blow, rotate. You be looking for that easy one. <laughs> Dude, think this game. 
it's it's like the it's like it's like such a grind. And I tell kids all the time. I used to because I trained all the time. I'm like, look, man, college football is not what you think it is. I'm like, you do so much to come out of that tunnel in, in that stadium, and you really do. you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna earn it. yeah you gonna earn it. <laughs> And it sounds like I'm glad I didn't have to do no tractor tires. Listen, <laughs> but, <laughs> I hey, one time we had, and he had us get 35 pound plates, and we had to do Indian style runs for it's like a mile and a half to this other stadium. So we had to do with it over our heads like this 35 pound plate Indian style, bro, run all the way to this other stadium. We got to this stadium, he had us doing push ups, sit ups, we was doing all kinds of like uh, bear crawls. So guys are dead tired after this. He like pick the plate up, we run it back. So, <laughs> dude, hey, hey, when I say this, this one of the days somebody quit. Dudes running with the plate on their head like this time, like I am like, oh, this dude is nuts. We did this thing uh, in the in our in the spring, like every week of the spring, we it was on Wednesday. Every Wednesday, it calls Quick Feet. So it's kind of like county oh. fair, but it was just like six stations, five minutes a station. So, you know, you go with your group and you rotate stations. But every time you get a thumbs down, if you got three thumbs down, you start it over. So the whole time. So you're thinking six groups. Uh, six, so 36 times you could get a thumbs down. You get three. You are starting over. I don't care if it's the last one. And basically, coaches give thumbs down if, you know, some guys aren't trying hard enough. Right. Oh, my group wasn't good enough. Thumbs down. Oh. So, it's it's crazy, man. We did quick free. And it, it'd be like, you know, those old school <laughs> dots where you had to do the dots and they tell you the jumping the dots. And then we had plyos mm-hmm. and we had different stuff. So, it's all about improving yeah. your foot speed and different things. And we did it in the weight room. They cleared the kind of pushed all the weights to the side, did it in the weight room. One day they told us, they said, look, we got thumbs down. After the first, on the second one, we had had three thumbs down start over. After the first one, three thumbs down just on that one. He goes, you know what? That's the way y'all going to be? Go to the field. We go to the field. We jog back to the field. <laughs> Man, we doing up downs. Then we then we sprint 40. We did like 100 up downs. Then we sprint like uh, 50, 40s. Then we did up downs. And then we sprint another 50, 40. There were dudes over there crying. And then, you know, like for us, it was like that. You can't show weakness. You can't put your hands on your knees. He's like leaned on somebody. So I'm sitting there like this, hands on my hips, <laughs> eyes closed, trying to get as much air as I can. You got people leaning on your shoulder, like dude crying on my <laughs> shoulder. <laughs> Boy, <it'd be> <laughs> dude, one of my homeboys. No lie, we go to the cafeteria. He walk in with a Bible in his hand. He walked in with a Bible. Oh, Lord. Like, <laughs> that <didn't> go. <laughs> for like a week straight, he walked around with a Bible in his hand. It was just like, it like he came to Jesus that day. Like, <laughs> Lord, I cannot do this without he you. He said, listen, I need to buy me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that is too funny. Yeah, man, that's hey. There's some hard days in college football, Listen. man, because they they don't care if oh, you yeah. leave. They got more backing you up. They 
Oh, they do. They're like the next man coming in. Yeah. So going. That's for sure. So leaving Buffalo, your senior year, your senior year goes, you planned it to go? Like, did, uh, you, did you get your for stats the most part, and to the last game of the season. What happened? Yeah. We had, uh, that year, we ended up going to the MAC championship. Uh, we ended up winning the MAC championship that year. So my senior year was a uh, that was like the first time in I want to say like it was like fifty some years since they won against. So it was a big deal. And uh, but I did, but my senior year, the last game of the season, I I get a Liz Frank, I fracture my foot. Mm. So it ended up happening. I had like two guys in my back, but I was still running. But I guess the weight and the pressure, my foot buckled. Yeah. So I ended up missing. I didn't even get to play in the championship game. So how was it mentally going through that? Like you're – everything's going to plan. You're winning games. You're putting up numbers. And then you get the foot injury. For me, at first when it happened, I was like, oh, I'm going to come back. I'm going to bounce back. I'm going to heal up fast. So I just had the mentality like I'm going to heal, heal up fast no matter what. I'm going to just go to th- uh, rehab, go to therapy, get my foot done, whatever I have to do. I said, you know – train, whatever. That was all my whole mindset. So I didn't start thinking yeah. negative at all once I heard it. Like when I when I heard even when I heard my foot on the field, they thought I was playing because I was like laughing and stuff about it, like joking. They're like, nah, you ain't have like nah no, nah, it hurts my foot. Is, yeah, I think it's broke. <laughs> I think it's broke. And they're like, man, you playing because you know I'm a jokester. Yeah. So I'm like, nah, dude, I think this one broke. <laughs> <laughs> so I get you know that they took me off the field and took me to emergency right away. possible actually and then I end up playing a couple because we end up going to a bowl game the international bowl game yeah and we end up playing in Canada and in Toronto at the okay. uh, Roger Stadium the so I was yeah so I was healing around that time and I was feeling you know my foot was feeling okay but I still had pain but I played they threw me in a couple plays just so you know scouts and everything could see that I was coming back and that I was you know healing for the most part did you re-hurt it by playing? Uh, not really. Uh, so what happened was, you know, after college, I got recruited and everything. My agent was like, you're definitely not going to get drafted. Because anything, it looked like I was going to be like a late draft if I was going to be drafted at the time. Yeah. So uh, he was like, you definitely get picked up as a free agent. He was like, teams are going to call, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, a bunch of teams called uh, that was trying to acquire me. Uh and I ended up choosing, uh, at the time, going to uh, minicamp with the Detroit Lions. Okay. So I ended up going out to uh, minicamp with them, which was crazy because when I get there, the playbook was the same exact as our college playbook. Like, the plays were basically the same exact thing. So I'm like, oh, I know my position already. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> I already got study. <laughs> how, was your, how was your foot then? Has you had healed? Has it healed? Or, um, like, it, were you still bothering you a little was, bit? A little uncomfortable? It was still bothering me. It was still bothering me uncomfortable. I wasn't about to complain. I was trying to you know, fight through a little bit of pain, whatever it was going through. Yeah. So I was like, I'm good. And then um, I want to say like, a, like two days or three days into camp, mini camp, the, uh, my x-rays came back. And it was like, uh, your foot is nowhere near here. We got to send you home. Mm. <laughs> I guess they're like, 
I don't know what you've been told to be clear, but your foot is like, you're like, if you continue to play, you're probably a ruin your career. So uh, I got sent home from there. Uh, after that, I was like, I felt like my foot was all right. Um, but it was, it wasn't completely, completely healed, I guess, for me, why the way I was feeling. Yeah. Uh, then, uh, the Vikings ended up calling me. They wanted to see me do a workout with another receiver. So I ended up heading out there like two weeks later after uh, the Lions, maybe three weeks. Uh, they actually liked me over the other receiver. They said they wanted to keep me, but they need somebody that was 100% right. They need someone they know was 100%. And they, like, they could tell at times I would like, uh, wouldn't completely plant my foot sometimes or I might favor here and there. Yeah. But it's still, I ran a good time and all that in the 40 wise with this messed up foot. But uh, they was like, we could just tell you're, uh, you're still a little hurt. So we want someone we know is 100%. We have to throw you in, they'll be ready. So uh, I got home, sent home after that. Uh, then the Patriots called. Um, went on, did a workout with them. Uh, after that, I uh, talked a little bit. I think they seen the same thing, you know, the foot thing issue, like we can yeah. see a bunch of things. So after that, uh, I basically was done. I sat out for that whole season with no football just to let my foot heal. So um, after that happened, sat out with no football. Foot was starting to heal. Uh, graduated from school and all that extra stuff. Yeah. And I ended up using my degree and got a job working uh, at a place called Hillside, which was working with kids with behavior issues. So I was working there for a year, and I finally started getting in shape. I like, you know, I'm, my, my foot was feeling real good. So, like, I'm about to get back in shape. And I actually started playing uh, uh, semi-pro. I jumped in a few semi-pro games. Okay. <laughs> so my boy was like, hey, man, I play semi-pro. I was like, hey, I jumped in some of the games. But when I started just jumping, I went into some of their practices. Uh, I probably played, like, maybe two or three games with them. How'd you do? I was like, I didn't want to. You got that ball in the what listen, it's like backyard football. <laughs> oh, her dudes, I like to say right. It's too easy. Hey, yeah, this day, right? So I only play like two or three games with that. And then um uh at the time I, I had uh my agent, you know, he basically had no faith in me like my foot after that, so I ended up leaving him. Uh ended up getting another a uh actually I didn't get an agent at the time. I just started talking to different guys, hitting them up because I felt healthy. I was like, hey, you guys know anything about arena football? Just trying to get back into just it. Just get into something. I just need to get into something and then get my foot in the door. So that's when I started, uh, found out about the Erie, Pennsylvania team that you read earlier in the beginning. So the um, Ultimate Football talk. League, what is the Ultimate fo- uh, ultimate Indoor Football League? That would be the uh, UIFL? It's another arena. Uh, the I just I played in the IFL and then there was the Southern IFL, yeah, League, Southern Indoor Football League, yeah. That's crazy. So they're basically just smaller leagues of arena football. Yeah. What do you think about arena football? I had a cousin that played arena football for seven years, eight years. Uh, that's it's wild. I'm telling you that right now. Like the <laughs> balls are crazy. Like the balls. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling people, those walls win. After you hit that wall, that wall ain't going nowhere. <laughs> so guys, if you get hit that wall, it's crazy. And, like, you, I think you'd be really good arena because, like, you run with such a stride. Like, he runs with a stride, and he returned kicks and stuff, and he played in he played Tulsa, Boise, like, Shreveport, 
played for the Austin <laughs> Wranglers team. Like when they went, um, they so. won the championship in Tulsa, and the head coach got the Austin Wranglers job when they brought him in. Um, the new uh, the Wranglers team there in Austin. So it was the first time Austin had a um, Arena One team. Right, so then okay. he his head coach took him because he was the the best player on his team there. So took him down and yeah, man he 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 went to Buffalo too. He been in Buffalo too. So, but um, yeah. yeah, man. But you know that journey. But thing is that arena game. I used to watch him play arena football all the time. So I used to go to his games all the time. He was in Shreveport. He played for Bossier City when I was in Arkansas. So I was only like an hour away. So I used to drive down there to watch okay. him play and stuff and, and things like that and um, different things. So that arena game's different. But you have a stride. Like you didn't you didn't come out of the slot either, did you? Were you a uh, slot? No, actually. You were the receiver, I, no, actually, single receiver? Or you were running? I was back? on the line. The coach was like I was on the line. No, I was on the I played receiver. Okay. I was on the line. The coach he used to always tell me like, "Listen, you're you're so big. I don't even want your motion. You just you can walk <laughs> off the line." <laughs> He's like, "Just walk off and do what you want on the outside, and you know, just find something to do." Like, <laughs> I'm were, like you the, right. were you the single receiver or were you the receiver mostly with the slot? I was mostly with the slot. We used to flip, so we I'd be okay. back and forth honestly. So yeah. Uh, that's cool, man. But like, they never – I never really – I never really went in motion, honestly. Yeah. When I was up – when I was there. He was like, but, you're just so big, I don't need to. <laughs> I was like, all right, coach. But you go from Erie to Chicago. Yeah. How did you get to Chicago? Um, So, basically, after the Erie season, um, I did a – a workout in Maryland for CFL. You know, CFL had their, their different yep. workouts in different cities. So I drove out. So after the I drove out to Maryland and did one for the BC Lions. Okay. I did a camp out there for them. They was having a camp out in uh, Maryland. And I actually did good, but it was pouring rain. When I say, like, pouring rain. But uh, something happened. I don't know what happened. They didn't really get the looks that they were all looking for. So they're telling guys, you know, come out to another camp, and they pulled me to the side, and they're like, "Listen, we like what you ran in the rain, especially in the rain. But if you even run faster for you to come to another camp, you run a faster for your time. We'll definitely give you a look, blah blah blah. You know a lot of stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. When y'all call me, y'all call me. And uh, nothing really happened. And then I started calling guys, asking about you know different other arena leagues. And I found out about a team out in Chicago and the culture. I uh, heard he played out for the Bears for a long time, so. I figured it was a great spot to go and, uh, you know, get another opportunity. And yeah. I went out there. I only play, I didn't even play a full season there. So, uh, I'll say 2012. Yeah, it was 2012 at the time. Yeah. Maybe, like, for – I was leading the, the league and receiving touchdowns and receiving yards at one point. And I was, like, the fifth game or so. And uh, I heard there was another BC Lions camp down in Texas. So, me and uh, – me and uh, two other guys, we uh, chipped in, got a little rental, and we drove from Chicago all the way down to Texas just wow. for the camp. Down there was in Temple, Texas. So we drove all the way down there. Temple. And, uh, yeah, so we drove. It was like 15 hours or something. We were just rotating. As soon as we got there, bro, we had to get up in the field and start stretching to get ready for the, uh, <laughs> the tryout. <laughs> I was like, hey, this bottle. <laughs> so 
So we literally, we over there getting McDonald's out of, finish up McDonald's, about to hit the field, like, <laughs> trying to get a quick uh, meal in. And we went out there, and actually Josh Bell was there at the time. And uh, yeah. then at the end of the United they guys together who they want to see, and they kept having they had me and Josh Bell, we were battling back and forth. They had us going against each other. And then after the camp, we drove up. They signed one of my teammates at the time. They signed him down there. Okay. He was huge. Yeah, he was a monster. He was beast. And they signed him down there. And then uh, when we got back up, I want to say that following week, I got a call from the BC Lions like, hey, can you can you come out the, uh, tomorrow? Can we fly you out for camp? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, uh, I'm out in Chicago in the middle of the season. Like, I'm literally at practice. But I could make it. I figured a way to make it. So they're like, all right. I like it. I like it. You guys give me two days. And uh, if you give me two days, I could definitely make it. They're like, yeah, we give you two days. And uh, I fly out of Rochester. I'm like, okay, I'm going to drive home. So I hung up the phone. I went up to my coach. I'm like, hey, man, I got to go beat the uh, CFL call. <laughs> <laughs> he, and my coach was like, like, well, get the hell off my damn face. Go do what you do. Go do what you do. He already know. He's, hey, we don't want, hey. You, we don't want you here if you're not supposed to be here. Yeah. Yeah, he said, get out of here. So I ended up packing my stuff up. Uh, from uh, We had like a team house there at the time. Uh, packed my stuff up, middle of the night. Got on the road that night. Drove all the way, I think like 10 hours maybe. Yeah. Drove all the way home. Packed my stuff up that following day. And then got my flight tickets from the team in the email. And got on a flight. And, was, and I was a day late for camp. So I came into camp. A rookie camp. I missed a day of rookie camp. And that second day, I was in rookie camp getting ready after playing like five games in the uh, rain football. Yeah. You had already been playing, so you was pretty good. You was already ready. Oh, yeah. I was in shape. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. You know what? And, and this is one of the things I love about this podcast is, like, people think this shit's easy. People think you just show up one day. Oh, no, People think you just, like, one, for you to go the route you went, to jump in a car. Think about that. You and two, two other people pitch in and jump in a car to drive from Chicago to Texas for a workout camp. But you know what I'm saying? An hour and 40-minute workout camp. <laughs> yeah. And then you got to drive back to Chicago. You jump out of the car, you go mm -hmm. onto the field, and you perform. There's no excuses. Because if there was excuses, you wouldn't have drove in the first place. Right? Oh, Everybody don't have so the same opportunity. Go. Right? Everybody don't have the same opportunity. I came out of a workout camp. I did a workout camp in, um, in was it? Uh, I can't remember the name of it. It was in Texas. Uh, Colleyville. And there was like 150 people there. And, you know, one of the things was is that um, I looked at John Jenkins and, you know, at the end of the camp, and I said, all I need is a one-way ticket. I'm not coming home. That's what I told him. Yeah. You know, and then the next week I did a workout camp for Montreal, and um, I don't think – Montreal was looking at just one dude. I don't think it really interested anybody else. But, uh, you know, two weeks after the, the camp, I get that call three days before training camp, just like you, three days before rookie camp. Hey, can you get on this flight? Yeah. I went to my best friend's wedding, one of my best friend's weddings the next day. And then two days after that, I was on the flight to Calgary. So, you know, it's one of those things where 
<clears throat> it's a grind to get to where you want to get to. And I didn't even know that story about you, right? To jump in the car and go down. A lot of people feel like don't know. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that just shows, you know, when I talk to these kids and I talk to these people, they think it's, it's just all like, you know what, you're a great athlete. This is where you're supposed to be. This, you ended up where you, no. It's not always the straight line path. How do you feel about that? Like when you look back now and think about the grind to just to get to the CFL, before we even talk about the CFL, but just the grind to get there, to go from Erie to Chicago, uh, you know, do all those workouts with all those NFL teams, be liked and uh, have the foot issues and everything. How do you feel about that grind that you went through uh, to be able to, to still get uh, to the CFL? Uh, actually, this is more self-motivation for myself or like future reference for anything I want to do or pursue or, or there's any challenges in my life. I know there's going to be obstacles and I can go above them. I can run through them, whatever comes my way and it's not going to stop me. Yeah. So for me, when I look back at it, it just gives me more positive insight on myself and what I can do for myself pushing forward. Yeah. That's so powerful, man. That's so powerful. You know what I'm saying? Just to just to know that, man, that's 100% respect. I always respect the hell out of you before this, but, like, you know, just to know that grind that you go through. Because, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, how many, how often do we all hang out together and, and talk to each other, but we don't know exactly how we got to where we were? You yeah, know what I'm saying? And, and for you, you know, showing up to, to BC, right? Um, you've been to Toronto. You've been to Niagara. Now you're on the far west coast. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I know where I was. I'm like, oh, this is like forever. Where are we headed? <laughs> How was that showing up to BC, um, meeting Wally for the first time, and uh, you know, with that receiving core there with G. Roy and those guys? How how was that? Well, for me, for me wise, I ended up really seeing Cam Loops. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like when I came in, I flew in there, but yeah, we got yeah, we got like direct, they directly drove like right up the uh, Kamloops area. Yeah. So when I first got up, I was like, because you just know it's never mountains out there in Kamloops, and the view is beautiful in the field. I'm like, this is gorgeous. Like the scenery is just yeah, awesome. So I'm like, you know, they're playing in the field. You can see mountains in the background. So for me, why I'm like, I love this already. I want to be like. <laughs> Yeah. What was it like with the team, though? You got to rookie camp. Was there any other rookie oh. receivers that made the team that you seen in rookie camp? Um, so I know you said Josh Bell was there, and I know Josh Bell, well, that was his rookie year, and he made the team. Mm-hmm. I'm really trying to, like, I was just so focused on, like, trying to make the team and do me. I really can't even think of someone, like, yeah, I just remember, I remember like the, I remember all the older guys when I first come because that's what I was trying to watch and learn from them. So like it was G Roy, it was uh, Paris Jackson, it was uh, Nick Moore was there. Um, yeah, Arlen Bruce was there. Uh, uh, um, who else was there that was older than me? It was a whole bunch of guys. I'm like, it was just a bunch of veteran guys who've been there who did the game and, and were great at the game so I was just sitting there watching those guys and trying to learn from them each day yeah I forgot AB was there dude I, yeah, I used to love his game 
He was so oh, electrifying. Yeah. Reps and touches. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, reps and touches. <laughs> <laughs> You got any stories about uh, D-Roy? Uh, from training camp? Not really, no. Or any time? You know, oh, from training camp? Or just any time. You know, just been around the, G. The G-Roy. Oh, yeah, D-Roy, oh, he cool as a fan, man. He's just a real cool cat. You know, he's been through the game. He's been there already. Like, And I like, I just love watching him play, especially in practice. I just love to watch D-Roy because you – he just come off the ball so smooth, like this man, like a ballerina dancer on the floor. He just coming off. See them shoulders <laughs> moving? Yeah, what? Just break somebody off like this man every time. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, one of the biggest things for me is I, I always like to see how guys prepare. Right? So when guys were coming in the locker room from teams that we'd never been teammates for, or when I went to Montreal, just see how guys, different guys prepared. I, was, I always thought that was really cool mm-hmm. because it's, because I always had my way of preparing and I never wanted to think about the game on game day until the game started. Right? I was always on, you know, what we doing after the game, whatever is going on in life. But mm-hmm. once the game started, we in the game. But I always liked to, I always enjoyed that. And you know, um, being in the locker room with Arlen Bruce and, and G. Roy, Nick Moore. Did you? What was? What is the most you took away from those guys? Um. I would say the most I took for them guys is learning this, like learning like learning to set your route up and learning to play the the field itself because there's so much space and learning to play in them open spaces. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty twelve, you were there. Twenty thirteen, you were there. Twenty fourteen, you had your breakout year. Mm-hmm. Put up over eight hundred yards. Twenty fourteen. What changed in that third year? Just more opportunity or? Just start to get comfortable with the game. Yeah, that's basically. It was basically more opportunity because my second year I really only played maybe two games because uh, I was a, uh, you know, injured. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> at one game, so, uh, one game injured. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, you, you injured, hey. <laughs> but, yeah. So like, it was more opportunity wise because uh, I really didn't get much. I, I played more end of. Uh, my fr- uh my my first year as a rookie. Yeah. I got to play near the end of the season. I got in a few touches, you know, they like throwing me, tossing me a little end of rounds and stuff. So I started getting in. My first touchdown was actually off a, a pitch, a little toss. Yeah. In the CFL. That running back days, man, came back to you. Hey, listen, real quick. I love some running back. I ain't even gonna lie to you. <laughs> and uh but yeah, so it's just more getting more opportunity to have having a chance. Yeah. So you go out in 2014. You have your best year to date, and then you're a free agent. Why Ottawa? Mm-hmm. Why Ottawa? Ottawa just went what one one or one and seventeen or two and sixteen, uh, going into their second year as a back, and. Um, yeah, a lot of guys came in that year. You know, Jelly yeah. and Sanat and Chris Williams. What what made you choose Greg. Ottawa? Yeah, yeah, that's why I said Jelly, oh. man. I call him Jelly. Yeah. <laughs> and I call him Jelly. 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 I, I call him Johnny Bravo. That's Johnny Bravo. <laughs> Johnny uh, Bravo? <laughs> yeah, that's Johnny Bravo right there. 
I, I like calling him Jelly. You know, he, he just like oh. Jelly out there. Even that head fake he got is like Jelly. It's like, hey, come back. Because <laughs> he take everything with him. <laughs> come back. <laughs> but yeah, but every, every, everything kind of came together, man. Hank going into his, you know, second year and uh, what kind of, what, what made you pick Ottawa over everybody else or going back to BC? Um, when it came down to it, it's more of a Ottawa. Definitely, like a lot of opportunity was there because you know the league is is old. Guys been around, so I feel like guys are gonna, you know, have their spot and they're gonna they're gonna work for it still and they're gonna earn it. But still, it's just more as a more of a fresh team and it's more like, hey, we're gonna go out there. And I was just watching Hank those years before throwing that ball. He was launching that thing. I'm like, oh, this guy is gonna get that rock out there. And it's definitely opportunity. I've seen the guys just trying to bring in and. and uh, what they were trying to build. So I was like, this is a great opportunity to go out to Ottawa. Was it hard learning how to catch the ball from Hank at first? So I've seen a lot of guys come to Calgary that could not catch Hank's passes. Like the first week, they dropped a lot of balls. <laughs> and it was just like, they had to get used hey, to Hank throwing it so hard. <laughs> Did you have a hard time hey, catching the ball that at fire first? On that uh, not really. I kind of liked the way he threw it because it kind of got up on you quick, yeah. I yeah. feel like I got an eye stick myself. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's like an eye stick. <laughs> yeah, I got to listen. Because I remember, like, even in Calgary, you know, I played with Hank from 2005 through 2011 in Calgary, right? So, uh, been around Hank for a long mm -hmm. time. Uh, one of my proudest moments of Hank was uh, 2016, which we'll get to, but um, winning that Grey Cup. You know, in 2015, y'all go to the Great Cup and lose to Edmonton. Just what was that experience like? You know, oh. you, you've been one of the guys out there. Uh, you've been in BC. You had seen those guys work. But now to go to Ottawa, first year, second year as a pro team back in Ottawa. And y'all accomplished the opportunity to go back to the Great Cup. What was that like? Oh, it was crazy. It was incredible. You're talking about the second year or that first year? First year. More of the first year when y'all first year. It was, it, was, it, was, it was still incredible for me, like just get to the championship and then to see the work in, to see all those new guys that come in and learn the playbook and we and we bonded and jail so well and, and to come out and make it that far with with odds against us too, you know. Something we, we didn't think we was gonna make it at times. And uh to turn around and do that was just incredible. Yeah. I thought it was just to go from one to seventeen or two and sixteen. I don't remember what the record was in fourteen. They were first yeah, year it was, back. it was something crazy that first year. Yeah. Then to go to to the Great Cup the next year. All right, that's a that's an amazing accomplishment. So like you got some rattlesnakes back there. You hear them? Yeah, but uh, that's just like an amazing accomplishment to be a part of something that's new and fresh and then to go in, like, what, honestly, what were your expectations going in? Like, was it a winning season? Was it just to get them to turn around and do better? I mean, I don't think you can ever be one honestly, in 17 or two in 16 and think our goal is to go to the Great Cup. I mean, everybody can say our goal is to go to the Great Cup, but everybody knows their goal is not to go to the damn Great Cup. They say it because it's supposed to be said, right? What was your mindset? And yes. What was it going in? Uh, 
My mindset, I didn't know where we was going to be, but I felt like we were going to have a winning squad just because yeah. of the guys I seen they were bringing in. And I and I knew guys, watching guys' background, like seeing them bringing uh, Chris William, yeah. Mo Price, um, Greg was coming in there. He was a young guy coming there from Hamilton Beeston as well. So it was like just seeing all these different guys they're bringing in and Brad, yeah. and, uh, especially him being a going from quarterback to receiver was bananas. Watch him do that. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just like, those different guys, and we know we had a veteran quarterback that knew the game. He'd been, he'd been through it all. He'd seen it all. So, to me, it was like I knew we had opportunity to, to do well and and get some wins at least. I didn't know how far we was going to go with it, but I knew we was going to definitely have some wins for sure in our belt. Yeah, Sinopa's always been one of my favorites. Such a great dude. And, you know, I was on the bandwagon. of I'm telling Dave all, every week, like, hey, man, he needs to play receiver. He needs to play receiver. They finally moved him over. But that's awesome. And then yeah. when you lose the Great Cup game, like instantly was it like, okay, we got here now, we can go win it next year? Uh, not for me wise. It was more like I was hurt. I was hurt. I was like, damn, like, oh, like it's probably a video of me walking up the field looking sad as hell. Like, you know, I was hurt. It was just, you know, come that far, you know, because you work so hard and you have the opportunity and you feel it and everybody want you wanna win. Like at the end yeah. of the day. That's what you hear from. You hear from well, when you show up, you think you can win. Oh yeah, for sure. And they yeah. do. And we it was start. We started off well. We scored, ran down the field. Everything was looking good. So, and then, you know, Edmonton came around, turned around, and ended on us. But I thought one of the biggest day, plays you, was that second drive. Y'all go to that four by one set in the boundary, that fourteen set where you have four receivers in the boundary and Chris Williams by himself, two two yards outside the hash. Yeah. And I think it's a – I don't know for sure, but I think it's a, a read call where he runs up, he's going to run an out route or a go route. And yep. I think Hank missed him on a go route for a touchdown. Oh, yeah, he was gone. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah, I know you're talking about which play. I think if he scored there, I think the Hitting, game uh, is different. Because oh, you started, off, you started off great. Started off great, got the first score. In that second drive, because every time I seen it, I was like, you know what? This is so incredible to because you're taking away any you can't help the cornerback out there. He's got to play football. Right? Yeah. And Chris has got Fantastic. so much speed. He gets up on the DB so fast. And if DB bails out. He's running the out route. <laughs> he's catching the ball at the numbers with Hank's arm strength. Oh, it's, yeah. It's great one there, tackle. Regardless, you got to time for him to run. Yes. That's it. So incredible. But then, yeah, you come back 2016. What's the mindset going into 2016? That's that's your best year, over 1,200 yards receiving. Matter of fact, 2015, you had your first 1,000-yard season as little man. Mm-hmm. Daddy, I didn't yep. the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go, go play basketball. He let you know he's playing that basketball. He, hey, he said, I'm a Texan. I'm playing basketball. Yeah, he ready. <laughs> I always talk about the football pops. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you know, 2015, you had your first 1,000-yard year. 2016, you go over 1,200 yards, get double digits and touchdowns. Talk to me about that experience. Oh, it was great. Like, it was finally, like, a point where um, I was really learning the CFL game and being able to read stuff and seeing this whole – so, it was like, I got real relaxed and able to just play my game and just, you know, be, play football. So it was a great opportunity. It was a great year. And I, and I loved it. I enjoyed the guys I was playing with. All my teammates were great. No one was – everyone was um, 
team player. And they were selfless. You know, we all wanted to see each other win. So it was just a great opportunity to be around those guys. I, even our old line, I loved everyone from the old line to D line. I think that's what made us such a great team. Everyone was just bonded so well, and we made sure we, we gelled on and off the field as well. Did did the Hank and Trevor thing bother anybody? Like the because you know Hank had the injury, Trevor came in, um, Hank came back early. Um, I think he had the broken pinky uh, or whatever. But then he comes back early and. Um, I know the rumblings about the Hank and, and Trevor, who's going to start and everything. Did that affect anybody? Or was the locker room just like, you know what? Receivers, uh, like whoever suits no, up was uh, playing. Yeah, it's more like whoever suits up is playing. Because those two together, they just, they empowered each other so much. Like you just knew, like, no matter who was in, they were, they was going to motivate each other. Like there was never no hard feelings. You never see no guy jealous of one guy playing or the other one. And they always just pushing each other to, to be their best player. And, and it rubbed off on us. So, like, if Trevor was in, we was ready. If Hank was in, we was ready. So, it really didn't matter. Yeah. Talk about the experience of just having your best year and then finishing off with that Grey Cup win against Calgary. I mean, everybody counted you out, man. I don't oh. think anybody thought that you could win that game. I damn sure didn't. Oh, yeah. A lot of people just counted us out on that game. Honestly, we went in that game thinking we had so much confidence. We were so pumped for that game, and we knew and it was our second round, so we, we was ready. We weren't ready. We came in there. Everybody knew it was game time. We couldn't bullshit, and we came in there focused. And uh, knee- it was definitely seen throughout the game. Yeah, Hank's knee locks up. Oh, the before, oh, before the game? Oh, did oh, did anybody know that? So did anybody know that, like, when Hank's knee locked up? Like, did anybody know what was going on or – did the coaches just kind of say, you know what, uh, he's going to be okay? Or No, no one really kind of knew. They wasn't sure if he was going to be up. We were, everyone was kind of iffy, like, is Trevor going to be up? Is Hank coming back? Uh, he went off during that um, the pre- uh, pregame. So we were like, oh, what's going on? Is knee all right? So Trevor was warming up. So we had no idea what was going to happen, honestly, until the game came around. He, looked, he was talking about, oh, be ready. So. Yeah. Man, we got a long pass, but man, I was, I would say Hank played a phenomenal game in that Grey Cup. I thought yes. he played really well. I thought he, he managed the game really well, made some great throws. Um, one of the last throws, you get the game winning touchdown. Talk us through that play, man. <laughs> you getting that game winning touchdown. You bobbled a little bit, but you came down with it. <laughs> What 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 was the play? Do you remember what the play call was, and and do you remember uh, uh, what the concept was? And I, I, I it's more like a, a looky concept. Okay. So it's more of a read. Yeah. So basically, one guy's gonna one guy's gonna kind of clear it. out. He's gonna run out, and uh, I'm basically running a, a lazy slant, an open field slant, basically. And uh, trying once to I the, seen the, the trying to pull the uh the linebacker down closest with the running back, right? Yep. Yeah, and with the then, running back read, he'll pull yeah. him with a read route. You got a guy taking out the and, safety. Uh, and once, playing behind it. Yeah. Yep. And once I seen it was once I seen both guys, uh, the DB back off and the high safety back off. I knew to in my head, I'm like, oh, this is a touchdown. So I was thinking touchdown before anything. That's how I bobbled the ball. I was looking for the end zone before <laughs> I even caught the ball. Because I was like, this is definitely a take. I could tell that the way they, the, I was reading the defense, I'm like, oh, this is touchdown. It's coming to me. 
So I was looking ahead for the end zone before I even had the ball. So when it first hit my hands, I'm looking for the end zone like, oh, my God, I do not have the ball. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's when I tapped it, tapped it, and I almost threw it, and I caught it, like, on the back of my helmet. And I just pulled it in. Once I snagged it, I felt the ball, and I pulled it in, drove all the way into the end zone. I actually thought Bell was going to smack me. Yeah. But I, I believe he must have slipped or something. I don't know. Because that's be, the only thing. That's the first I could see in my vision when I was bobbling it. Had to be a good vision. I mean, not a good vision, but a good moment to, to get that touchdown and yes. to know. When that, game, when that game was over and it was official, what's the thought process? Uh, it was just... It was just overwhelming, kind of like uh, more of a feeling of like, this is what you thrive for as a child. Like you work so hard for this, like this is the moment you've been, you know, grinding for, you've been pushing for, even in high school, you want to win a championship, but to be a pro and then go through everything that I went through, the struggle, grinding, driving, and it was just, it was overwhelming for a bit. And I just, I took it all in and soaked it all in. And then I just went screaming and yelling with my boys and, you know, hugging family members and everyone on the field. So it was an incredible moment, especially for me personally. Yeah, I always say that championships are validation. It validates the struggle you went through that says it was worth going through that struggle to get to that day. Right? Yeah, for sure. And that's what you felt, right? When people, oh, yes. when people win their first year, then and they're like, man, this is easy, and they don't really feel it because they haven't really been through a lot. You know what I'm saying? You haven't went through a lot of the struggles. Yeah. But – you know, some people go through so much struggles, man, and you definitely went through your struggles. And I guess you wasn't through struggling. Like you wanted to struggle some more, so you leave Ottawa <laughs> and you come join up with me and the gang over in Montreal. The gang gang. <laughs> <laughs> Which I still think is one of the best locker rooms I've ever been in. Yes, I love that locker room. We had a great time. Oh, my God. When I say <laughs> laugh all day, we guys just laugh, man. Took my stomach. What, what, what brought you to Montreal? What, what, what made you think, okay, it's time to leave Ottawa now? Because uh, at the moment, I was trying to negotiate things, and I just wanted something simple. They really didn't want to meet at the table where we were. And then uh, they were just bumping heads with a lot of different guys. And then, as you see at the time, a bunch of guys left. Yeah. So, like, really, guys uh, weren't getting uh, – I really was trying to stay there and, you know, keep that bond. But at the end of the day, you can't respect what I'm offer, what I had to offer or whatnot. I could find somewhere else to go. Yeah. So, when it came down to that and then uh, been speaking to different teams, I wanted to stay East Coast for sure, you know, so family members could come see me and enjoy. And I realized they still – Montreal had a great uh, group of guys up there, had an opportunity to uh, do some things. And I know they're bringing guys in. They're bringing Durant in. There's, so it was uh, it was a perfect uh, position for me to just go, you know. It had been another hour ride for my family as well to come see me. <laughs> so I ended up uh, coming out to Montreal. When they put you at receiver, I'm back on the ball. Like, what was that like for you? What did you think? Oh, it kind of threw me off at first because, you know, you train all offseason for something else. Like, I'm training for my position thinking I was going to be off the ball for, for the most part. So, coming in, it kind of threw me off. Uh, but you do both training. I just took it in and uh, went whatever I had to get had to get done, whatever I had to get done. I told them, I said, the way we should do this is 
put BJ on the line. Keep SJ over there beside BJ. Have you play the inside receiver to the field with Sam Jaguar out wide? And when I would come in as the fifth receiver, put you in the middle between me and Sam. Yeah. That's what I that's what I thought was gonna be best. Because I thought with your with with your size besides me and you know, I thought me and you could have worked really well together. Because both of us could go back across the middle. Like if you run a go route and I run an out route, it's gonna be wide I'm gonna be wide open. Like I already like so I feel like me and you could have worked well together. But then when when they traded SJ, which I hated and I told him not to do it. But when they traded SJ, and I still assumed BJ was going to go on the line and you were going to be in the slot to the boundary. How was that, just the whole situation for you? You know, you show up to Montreal, you come off back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, you just had your your best season as a pro, double-digit touchdowns, over 1,200 yards receiving. But then you come into Montreal. How was the experience for you? Uh, mentally, it kind of threw me off. I was like, what's really going on? But at the end of the day, I know I'm going to be an athlete and I'm going to get the job done regardless. So I took it how it was. I didn't, I'm not going to complain or have any issues with it. But it kind of definitely threw me off for sure. It threw everybody off, man. <laughs> you're 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 a good guy. You're not gonna say much, but I, I you know, it, it pissed me off because I honestly, when I look at my time in Montreal, I see such talent. I, I mean, I've won with so much less talent than we had in Montreal those three years I was there in the one year that we were there together. Right? I can't go back and think of mm-hmm. teams that were just more talented than the. 2015, 16, 17 Montreal teams. And that's offense and defense, right? And it just put it together. You talk about gelling as a team and putting it together. It just didn't come together. And there's a lot of factors in that. But, but yeah, what, what can you do? Exactly. But I'm glad I got to suit up with my boy, man, and um, – it was a great honor, you know what I'm saying? Because I thought you were such a talented wide receiver because you could do so much. I thought you were a hell of a player, hell of a teammate. You know what I'm saying? And you know, it was awesome. It was awesome getting to suit up with you and it's even better now to get to hear your journey. Yeah. We had a lot of fun. <laughs> Listen, I enjoyed every moment of it. From the locker room to on the field to on the field to New City Gas. <laughs> New City Gas, whatever it takes. We had good times. Yeah, we had a bunch of good times, man. I, like I always say, I, I'm not on the locker room in Montreal. It's undefeated in the locker room because there's a lot of teams hey, would have folded. We never folded. No. Guys have been fighting over each, over, fighting each other over stupid stuff. We stuck together regardless of what was going on. That's it. That's for sure. Anything that you would tell some young men, women, you know, that's going through COVID and, and changing directions in their life or going through some struggles, 
uh, of just how you overcame and how, like what you did to overcome the broken foot your senior year, right before everything happened and, and just overcoming the situations and the obstacles and just believing in yourself to, to do what you needed to do. Anything that you can share with the young men and women that's listening right now, or even anyone that's listening right now on how to overcome obstacles in their life. I feel like when it comes to obstacles in your life, you have to have a, you have to have a positive mindset. It comes down to your mind. You know, they say the mind is the most powerful thing. So, and I, I really truly believe that. And then uh, it comes down, you know, laws of attraction. You want to have that positive mindset. You want to bring those things around you. Like you think negative, you're just gonna, you're gonna bring negativity around you. Like you're just gonna have that down feeling. You, you talk about negative, so you just start to feel down regardless. You can talk about something positive. You automatically, your, your energy builds up. You feel stronger. Like, so you always got to have that positive mindset, regardless of what you're going through. You have to realize there's more to it. You have to learn from your mistakes and grow. Yeah. How can people see your drawings, man? Do you have any drawings online? Are you putting anything online? Are you going to start selling anything uh, online? Or I, I can give you a quick glance of uh, Logan's uh, thing. Yeah. Or anything, man. Like, or just how people can get a hold of you. If somebody wants something done, how can they get a hold of you to get it done? Oh, they'll lock me outside. (laughs) Um, (laughs) If they want something, they can catch me on my uh my Instagram. If anything, and just DM me, and we can figure something out. What's your Instagram? Which is uh, who underscore but underscore him, or you can just write who but him all together and they'll probably show up who underscore but underscore him at on instagram do you have twitter yes uh i do have twitter but i don't use it too much okay only i can't even tell you my twitter name (laughs) he's locked out out there with the rattlesnake (laughs) it's dark it's getting getting nervous Hey, what's that? Uh, My son to lock me out. What's that? Bear Grylls. Oh, you out of water. He said, "Oh my goodness." He said, "I'm running out of water." Had a in three days. Got somebody open the door. <laughs> so now we have. Uh, if you're watching the YouTube version of this, you will see Ernest Jackson trying to get in his house. Hey, let me see that moon behind you. It looks <laughs> like is it, is it a full moon? Is it a three quarter moon? What moon? Like you I seen the moon see my, when you, when uh, you stepped out. No, oh, you that, stepped out. Right yeah, there. there you go. That is the moon right there. Yeah, that is the moon. I seen that. You might have, you might have, you might have seen this. No, no, no. I seen the moon when you stepped out when you was up top. Okay, okay. All right, all right you got it. Hey, man, Anybody gonna let me in? <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, I'm about to just I'm about to just sit in my hot tub and call it a day, dude. Man, it's too hot to sit in a hot tub. Not right now. It's kind of cool. <laughs> it's getting dark. EJ locked out of the house. Oh my goodness! So it looks like we're not going to see the picture. What is Hopefully, EJ right gets outside. in the house tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody want to let me in? Only on the Lulu Logic podcast can somebody get locked out in their own backyard. <laughs> hey, man, I appreciate oh, you coming man, on. Oh, man, what is dude? I appreciate you coming on. No problem. Hey, if you, want, 
he's an awesome. Hey, put some drawings. You put drawings on your uh, Instagram? Um, only on my. I haven't put anything lately. Okay. Well, if you want to check it out, go to EJ's Instagram, who underscore but underscore him on Instagram. Check out his drawings. Check out. Keep up to date with EJ. And uh, yeah, if you need something done, he can definitely do it. And we out.